Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so happy that you're listening. This is a place where I share all of my health little tidbits and tricks and hacks and things that I'm currently into and doing. This week is a bit of a different episode as I am doing a Q&A. These questions that I'm going to answer are actually pulled directly from my Instagram and they are some of the most common questions that I get. So I kind of just took a look through my DMs and kind of thought, what am I constantly answering? And these are the topics that kind of come up again and again. Of course, it's related to what I post at the time, but yeah, it's always kind of about these things that I do that are controversial and different from probably the mainstream health and wellness world a little bit. But hey, that's what biohackers are and that's kind of what we do. So stay tuned. There's lots of really interesting information in this episode, things that I'm trying. And all of this is from my personal experience. As a holistic nutritionist and a biohacker, like I definitely have experience in this field, but I am not an expert in anything, to be honest. And I don't know if I ever will be because I I'm always learning and there's always so much to learn that I'm just kind of taking it day by day with my own experience and also educating myself through books and podcasts and doing that type of thing. And then I just regurgitate the information and share with you what I've learned. And that's basically the gist of my business. (laughs) So yeah, thanks for tuning in and a quick shout out to this week's sponsor, Sensate. I'm still using my Sensate. I actually used it yesterday because it was Tuesday and I had a wild day and I just take a moment and I go and lie down on my bed and I put it on my chest and I let it vibrate and it comes with different soundscapes through their app. And it's just really nice for mental health and gives me time back, makes me more present, makes me more calm. Yeah. I love Sensate. I've been using the product for over a year. So if you haven't tried Sensate, seriously do it. It really just helps bring balance back to your day by toning the vagus nerve and getting us out of fight and flight, fight or flight, and getting us into rest and digest parasympathetic mode, which we all love to be in. So yeah, they're linked right in my shop on Instagram and on my website. My discount code is biohackingbrittany in all capitals. So definitely check them out. So let's just dive right into this. I don't have much of an intro today because I'm answering all of these questions. So I am fully ready to go. So question number one, what is your routine with red light therapy? Do you use it every day? How long do you use it for? How often? And do you use it everywhere on your body to get the full effects or only one place? Okay. So currently I am using a red light therapy device called Flex Beam. I have put this on my Instagram before. And this is a device that can wrap around different joints and muscles. So I also have a couple of red light therapy panels that hang from my bathroom door. And while this is great because it kind of gets like a larger surface of the body, it's really impractical and just not as easy to use, I would say. So FlexBeam wraps around your joints and muscles, like I said, and I use it on my knees 
because of working out and running. I use it on my ovaries, like directly right on the skin. And I also use it when I have sore shoulders and back. And so I kind of use it maybe every other day, maybe two or three times a week. And if I'm having specific health problems, you know, say with my menstrual cycle and I want to just like boost the mitochondria and my ovaries, or I'm having sore muscles like on my neck, then I am definitely using it more. So for me, red light therapy is one of those things that I turn to more when I notice I need support rather than something preventative. And I do understand that it is preventative as well, but that's just kind of how I use it. And I will use it like when I'm working, like I'll just put it right on my lap. I'll put it on my knees, on my shoulders while I'm working at my computer. And usually I do three rounds with flex beam. It has a 10 minute timer. So I do three rounds. So it's about 30 minutes and I love it. It's super easy to use. And yes. So this question of, do you have to use it everywhere on your body to get full effects or only one place? So as far as my understanding go, goes, red light therapy is localized, meaning you do have to use it on the place that you want support. So sometimes we do have you know, remedies and biohacks that aren't localized, but red light therapy has to be. So if you need help with your joints, you're going to use it on the painful joint. If you use it, say on, this is very specific, but like, say you use it on your stomach, like it's not going to support your joints because that's not where it's directly impacting the mitochondria. I'm sure there is some sort of support. Yeah. I'm sure there is a little bit of support, but I do very much think it is localized and you have to use it in the, in your pain points. And yeah. So how often do I use it? I already answered. And for how long? Yeah. So about 30 minutes, two to three times a week, let's say more if I'm having pain for sure. Question number two, what are your results from PRP? Can you explain this further? Okay. So PRP is definitely one of those things I get a lot of questions about. So PRP stands for platelet rich plasma. And this is a facial. So it's kind of known as like the vampire facial. Essentially what happens is you go into a clinic. I see my naturopath who does it actually. And she pulls blood from my arm and then it is separated and spun. And from that comes the PRP. It's like separated from the blood and it actually is like a gold color. So it's kind of like, they call it liquid gold. Basically it is very nutrient dense. There's stem cells in there and it is just really, really good for you, especially when you're younger, I guess. So then what they do with the PRP is they inject it into your face and they also put it on topically. So they'll, so for me, I get it injected under my eyes because I have really dark underneath, like under eyes. And I always have, and I've also had it injected in between my eyebrows to help like with volume there and just supporting the skin. And then I've also had it injected in scars around my chin. So scars from acne. And, oh, and in my cheeks as well for a bit of plumping. And so it's really nice because it's all natural, right? So there's no risk of you reacting to it. There's no risk of it going wrong because you're just taking the like golden, really, really healthy parts from your blood and you're just redistributing it. Wow. Somewhere else. And so in your skin. So 
That's why I love it because if you do something like filler and not that I'm against any type of or cosmetic intervention or facial treatment, but if you do something like filler, it lasts, I think it's like what, six months or eight months or something like that. And then it fades, right? So with PRP, you are actually just giving your cells in your skin the ingredients that they need to rejuvenate. And then your skin will be healthier long-term, right? So it's a much longer term play, but of course, unlike things like filler, Botox, that type of thing, you're not going to see the results right away. So typically when you do a PRP session, you see results after a month because your skin needs time to take those nutrients, create new skin cells and heal whatever you're trying to heal, whether it's plumping up the skin and adding volume or getting rid of scars, whatever it is. So there is a bit of a time period there. And typically as well, you want to do three treatments to start. So one treatment isn't really going to do much, to be honest. It's after the three treatments where you're going to see the most results. And you also have to space the treatments out. So if you haven't done PRP and you're like, look, my face needs a little love, I would do one treatment every two to three months, something like that because you do have to wait that one month to see results and you don't want to do it too close together. Right. So yeah, I would do, yeah, maybe one treatment every two months, I think is a good idea. I personally have had maybe eight treatments done by now. Yeah. I think I started in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been around 2020, but let me tell you in all honesty, Actually, it might be more than eight treatments. In all honesty, my friend is a naturopath. And so she gives me a fantastic discount on it. And I also promote her. So we kind of have that deal going. And that's why that happens for me. So I understand like PRP is very expensive. In Canada, I think it's like $5.99 per treatment. However, if you do it through a naturopath and you have health benefits, you can claim it. So that's what I would try and do. Even if you're in the States, wherever you are, if you do want to do PRP, go through a naturopath, claim it through your health benefits. So it's easier for you. I definitely do think it is worth it if you have access to it because my results have been fantastic. So I should actually pull up my before photos, but essentially it has filled in underneath my eyes so much. Like I used to have very obvious dark circles, like dark lines ever since I was a kid, like very, very obvious. And it's really, really rejuvenated that skin. It's also gotten rid of scars that I had around my mouth and around my chin, like I said, from acne. And it's just helped with overall like plumpness and help keeping it very fresh, let's say. And I just really appreciate that. So I will probably do PRP for the rest of my life, probably two or three treatments a year if I can. The other thing I will say about PRP, just on this note, is that it originated from people using it for injuries. So like same concept of like taking the PRP from the blood, but it was actually like injected into knees, wrists, anything that was sprained, sore, any type of injury. And then it moved into the cosmetic world because they saw so many benefits from it. So there are a lot of people who also go to like physiotherapists to get PRP when they've had a sports injury. So that makes a lot of sense as well. 
So I would definitely suggest it. Three. Okay. Number three, where do you get your psilocybin? Is it safe? Can you have a bad trip from it? Okay. So the amount of questions that I get about microdosing is wild. Like you should see my DMS every single time I post about it. It's probably that and raw milk is really just like blows up my accounts. So let's take a step back. First of all, I will be doing a solo microdosing episode. And the reason that I haven't done it yet is because I don't feel educated enough to share. So right now I'm looking at what books to get and I'm going to do some studying and understand things better so that I can provide more value to you. I don't want to do, I don't want to have any disrespect to plant medicine. And I really want to understand the history of these medicines. So that's where I'm coming from. And as I learn and as I read, I will be hundred percent sharing everything. I know whatever I find the most fascinating as I always do. So that's the caveat. Currently I get my psilocybin from a company called Microcybin. I've talked about them a lot. They're on my Instagram. They're in other podcast episodes and they ship internationally. They are working on shipping into the U S the U S is the hardest one right now. But I think if you send them a message on Instagram or even email them through their website, you could maybe sidestep their process kind of thing, like speed it up. So if you are in the U S and you're interested, definitely don't give up with them because they are working on it and they might be able to do some sort of workaround to send stuff to you. So that's where I get my psilocybin from currently. Is it safe? I would say yes. I have had zero bad experiences with psilocybin. I microdose with about 125 milligrams a day. And that's definitely not every single day. And I have taken more as well with them. Like I've taken up to a thousand milligrams, which is the gram, which is not microdosing anymore. <gasps> Let me tell you, that is definitely more macrodosing or megadosing, whatever they call it. And yeah, I've had no bad experiences. So I think it's safe. Their products are so thoroughly curated. There's so much research and time that goes into it. And the brand and business itself is so successful that I 100% trust them. And I don't think that every single brand out there who is doing, you know, microdosing supplements is like that. So I would be very cautious about who you choose to buy from if you are doing this. I like microcybin because I've met with a founder a couple of times. They have a wide range of products and they just have a lot of research behind them. And they have a lot of, I think they just have a lot of respect behind their brand and their name. And so that is why I am partnering with them and I'm working with them is because of that success that they have. So can you have a bad trip from it? I, again, I don't think I'm enough of an expert to answer that question. Can you have a bad trip from microdosing? I don't think so because I don't think it's enough to experience anxiety or anything like that type of idea. I don't think it's enough to invoke that. I think that type of thing happens when you're having a gram or more. But again, like I'm not an expert on that specifically. 
yet. <laughs> I'm sure I will be in the coming months, but I wouldn't worry about it. And if you are going to microdose, start small, start with 50 milligrams, see how you feel. You can work up to hundred, you can work up to 200. My personal opinion is anything under 500 milligrams is a microdose. And that's also what I've read online. And so just be cautious about how much you're taking. Are you having food with it? Are you having caffeine with it? Like what else is going on in your life and what other substances and food are you taking that can impact how it's going to feel for you? I will say with psilocybin, I love it for creativity. It really, really does unlock new pathways in the brain. It does. And I don't even know how to put into words how it works like that. Because again, I don't fully understand the science of it. So I'm not somebody who can be like, this is how it works in the brain, but I have done it enough to know that it does work. And so for me, it's really just helped me see my business different, helped me have a lot of creativity and come up with new ideas and really just take a step back and see like, whoa, like this is what I need to do moving forward. And I really respect it for that. I think LSD is different. I think microdosing with LSD is fantastic for productivity. So when I microdose with LSD, I take about 25 mils. Actually, no, I don't think that's correct. I think it's 0.25 mils. And it's very, very, it's really, really good for focus and thinking through what you're doing and, and that type of thing. And I really, yeah, I love taking it on a Monday morning because I get so much done. Like I get so much done on my to-do list and it's really helpful for that. So again, if you're kind of looking for more content or to understand it more, I would suggest going to the blog site or the blog page on microsybin's website. There's a ton of blog articles on there that kind of go through different uses, where to start, what substance you should be using, et cetera, et cetera. But definitely stay tuned to the podcast because to my podcast, because I will be doing a lot more content on microdosing and mostly because I'm super interested in it. You're super interested in it. And so when I see my audience respond so well to something that tells me like, okay, I need to be producing way more content about this because everyone cares about it. Yeah. I mean, of course there's the aspect of like, Hey, look, this is illegal. Wow. You're doing something illegal. Oh my gosh. Tell me more. There's that kind of like cool aspect to it. But I also think there's a lot of people who are turning to different modalities for healing. So there's that new Netflix documentary coming out in July, all about microdosing and psilocybin and MDMA and some other psychoactive plant medicines for healing things like PTSD, depression, anxiety, some serious, serious things that people are dealing with. And yeah, so I think we are in the stages, the beginning stages of changing the narrative around these substances. Absolutely. And we saw this happen with cannabis, right? So in the beginning, well, not in the beginning, but cannabis actually has a very dark history of uh, abuse and how it's been used in terms of how it's been treated with other people and how it's actually been really racialized, which I don't want to get into, but it's, it has a really dark history. And so we've kind of come out of that. And now we see the benefits of 
cannabis and how it can help people. And now it's legal in Canada and you can go and buy it from the government. And so I think we are going to see a similar thing happen with things like psilocybin. I think it is legal in a couple of states already, but I haven't been there and I don't access them. But I'll tell you, like in Vancouver, I was walking downtown the other day and I walked past a store that literally sells it. And they, I forget what they were called, but it was like microdosing and they sell all sorts of microdosing things there. So there are loopholes in the system that lets people sell it. And that's exactly how cannabis started. There were like stores that were opening up in Toronto and Vancouver and they were selling it and then they got shut down and that happened for a few years and then it eventually became legal. So I think we will see some sort of similar thing happen here. And I think that's great. I think we should stop analyzing plant medicine in, in total, in general. So stay tuned for way more content about that. And yeah, I'm just really excited about it. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are, and it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days, especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular, regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day. It improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you and it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patented technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. Um, I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. Okay. So number four, what have your results been from the red light therapy mask? Okay. So briefly going back to red light therapy. So I have a red light therapy mask as well. This basically ties around your face and it's blue on the outside. It looks a little scary. It looks like a, like a Halloween mask type of idea. And this is from Higher Dose. So I have a discount code with Higher Dose, Biohacking Brittany, all capitals. Go for it if you want to buy this because I think it's also pricey. Might be like 
500 bucks, something like that. So definitely use that code so you don't have to pay full price. But yes, I do really like this mask. And again, this is the same reason that I like FlexBeam. So before both of these products, I was standing in front of a panel that was hanging from my door trying to get my red light therapy in, and it was not practical at all. With the red light therapy mask, you just attach it right to your head and you can do other things while it's on your face. So you can meditate, you can listen to a podcast, lie down, you can, it's kind of hard to see through it. So I, you can't really work while it's on, but you can definitely, you could stretch. Like there's other things that you can kind of do and like stack your hacks, which is what I like to do. Especially when you're trying to get all of these different things in every single day, they really, really need to be stackable to make the most out of your time. So yes, I love red light therapy on my face. It's so good for your collagen and it's so good for your skin. If you have pigmentation, scarring, fine lines, which I do, anything like that, like it really, really helps support the skin and rejuvenate it because the red light goes into your skin, activates the mitochondria, which is in the cells of the skin, helps the cells perform better and be healthier and rejuvenate from the inside out. My protocol for this is not that often, to be honest, like maybe once or twice a week. If I'm having skin issues though, it's definitely more like if I'm having acne, if I'm having breakouts, if I'm having scars, anything like that, you bet I'm using it five times a week for sure. And again, that's kind of how I've always approached red light therapy is when I'm having issues, I use it. And, but I do again, understand the point of it being preventative. I know some people like to do face masks at the same time. So they'll put some sort of serum, moisturizer, clay, whatever on, and then they'll put like the light face mask right on top. I haven't done that yet, but I could only imagine how that helps the product seep through better and changes how your skin reacts. So I say, go for it. If you're like me and you're like, totally fine with getting older, but don't necessarily want to look it, which sounds terrible. Red light face mask is definitely like a go-to for sure. Or just like red light therapy in general on your face, I think has to be part of your protocol. If you're, yeah, like if you're looking at doing PRP a few times a year and red light therapy a few times a week, like that combo for the rest of your life damn, like your skin's going to be pristine. Like it's going to be so healthy just from that combo because you're just like attacking the problem from the inside out with both of those biohacks. So I love that. Now, of course, like there's so much about skin that we need to look at. Like obviously the products you're using, obviously your nutrition, your hydration, sun exposure, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of those biohacks, I definitely love those and recommend those. Number five, how do you do cold immersion and what have you seen that helps you with it the most? Yeah. So cold therapy is something I've been doing for a long time. I kind of do it whenever it's, I have the opportunity, I would say. So I'm not somebody who will take a cold shower. I love hot showers, so I'm not that person, but I do love a cold dip. I love a cold swim. And that tends to be how I bring in cold therapy into my life. So 
when we go camping, when we go out on our little boat, we all jump into the ocean or river or lake or whatever it is. And I really like that cold immersion the best. And I think it's because it's out in nature. So there's something about cold immersion being outside that feels so much nicer than taking a cold ice bath or cold shower. I love the freshness of it. I love I love the healthy bacteria that's in the water. I love the healthy bacteria that's in the air, the fresh air. I love the negative ions that are typically happening there, especially if it's the ocean. And yeah, I think it's just I think it's just so much better for you. You're also getting all of the minerals that are in the water compared to a shower or a cold bath or whatever that is coming from water from your pipes. And is that water filtered? Is there chlorine in there? Is there fluoride in there? All of these different questions that I have for that. So my suggestion would be do it in a natural way that feels best to you, whatever cold water source you have available to you. And so what does it help me with? I, I don't know. I think cold therapy is one of those things that Yes, if you brought it in every single day, I'm sure there would be more long-term benefits from it. I mean, it's great for, I think, metabolism and circulation. But for me, as somebody who does it a few times a month most, I would say that the biggest benefit is that it gets me out of my comfort zone. And I need that. I need to be pushed and I need to be I need to be made to feel alive more if that kind of makes sense. And so that's the benefit that I got is like just this awakening because it's so cold that your heart is racing and the adrenaline's racing and your blood is circulating way more. And like you, and then when you get out, you feel so refreshed and you're so red because now the blood is trying to replenish like your hands, your feet, your face. So I think that's the benefit for me is like the mental health aspect of reducing any anxiety, depression, anything like that. And just really makes me feel awake. So that's why I do it. Number six, why do you drink raw milk and what differences have you noticed? So like I said, Raw milk is something that blows up my accounts every single time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, probably because it's illegal and everyone, when you do anything illegal, is like, oh my gosh, this person's breaking the law. Watch out. Uh, Why do I drink raw milk? So I think there's something to be said about choosing to have foods and enjoy food, foods that are whole and alive and not processed. And so when we drink raw milk, it has all of the nutrients that come from the mother and all of the enzymes. And so it is a complete food because even though there will be lactose in it, it also comes with the lactase enzyme that digests the lactose that's in it, which means it's a whole food. So as somebody who is lactose intolerant, basically when I drink raw milk, I have no reaction from it because it has the lactase in it. It's not stripped of its nutrients. So for me, when I was like, okay, am I going to go down this raw milk journey? I was like, yeah, I am because it's got everything that I need in it for me to digest it wholly. And it's way more nutrient dense, way more nutrient dense. So I think when I 
my initial thinking behind it was like, I'm drinking these cartons of almond milk that are unsweetened and natural, but they have 30 ingredients in them or 10 ingredients. And I don't care anything more than almonds and water. Right. And so I was like, this, there's no way that this is actually good for me. There's no way. There's no way that this processed almond milk is actually doing anything for my health. So that's why I started looking into raw milk. I was like, I want something straight from the source. So I drink raw goat milk, which I love, which also could be part of the reason why I don't react to it in any way because goats, goat milk naturally has less lactose in it than cow milk. So I, yeah, so I just have no reaction from it and it's so fresh. Let me tell you, I have a milkman in my phone. His contact is literally milkman and I go pick it up, pay him in cash. It's, and he's not even the farmer. He's the middle person because there's so much legality around it that they can't have people showing up at the farm to buy raw milk. In Canada, you can be, the farmers can be put in prison for up to three years for selling raw milk, which is absurd because it's this like natural thing that comes from the animal. Like we can eat the animal, right? But we can't drink its milk and we can eat the animal raw. Who's stopping us from buying organ meat at Whole Foods and eating that raw? Nobody, but yet we can't have the milk which is just ridiculous. Anyway, so I know there's a bunch of countries all over the world that have raw milk and it's not illegal, which is really great. And so enjoy that if that's you. And I know in the States, I think it's like 50-50 in terms of who it's Ill- who it's illegal for, who it's not illegal for. So there's ways around it. Listen, guys, if you want to do something, there's ways around it. Like I, if I figured it out, you can figure it out. What I would suggest is, and I've made this suggested suggestion many, many times in my DMS. If you are in Canada or the States, there are a ton of Facebook groups who will point you in the right direction to get a supplier. That is how I got my supplier. I don't remember how I figured that out. I forget if somebody told me, but I joined now. I don't want to say which one it is because I don't want them to be taken down, but I joined a Facebook group that was applicable to me. And there was a bunch of farmers and suppliers in there and it's private. You, you have to get accepted. And through that source, I was able to find my person and figure that all out. So that would be my suggestion is if you are interested in this, that is where I think a lot of people are, or there's like websites, right? I think there's like rawmilk.com is like the most popular one. Contact them. They'll put you in touch with a supplier. You might have to have a bit of a screening, a bit of a phone call, something like that. But there are people out there who do this. And so there's actually a movement towards bringing it back actually to be legalized. I've signed a couple of petitions and things like that. So if you ever see those circulating, also support them because those do make a difference as well. And last but not least, fasting for women. Ooh, what a topic. So what do I have to say as somebody who's fasting right now? (laughs) I went through a period of time in my life where I was intermittent fasting every single day. And I was doing 16, eight, and I think it was in 2017 to 2018. Yeah. Something like that. And I 
loved it. And I also hated it at the same time. So let me tell you why. So I loved it because fasting is super, super effective for trimming and staying lean. It just is like you are restricting your calorie, your food window. So of course, it's going to be much, much easier to maintain a healthy weight. And so that's what I experienced. It was really easy for me to be the weight that I wanted to be regardless, to be honest, like regardless of actually what I was eating during that eating window. I also loved it for the clarity that came through during the fasting window. So in the mornings, I was able to be super sharp. I would have water and coffee, which wasn't always the best thing, but a lot of water, a lot of coffee and just rely on that. And my brain was, would work so well because there's no energy and focus that's shifting to digestion. So your brain is like so sharp because all of the energy is just there. You don't feel tired. You don't feel sluggish at all. You're not bloated, nothing because you haven't eaten. And so that, those benefits, oh man, those are phenomenal. The reason I didn't like it was because I think I started to abuse it. And so for me, my menstrual cycles got longer and longer. It also impacted my sleep. And so I really, really had to take a step back and look at, okay, how can I do this without the negative side effects as a woman in her fertile years? If you are somebody who is postmenopausal, you can 100% fast 16-8, even more than that if you want every single day, because you don't have the delicate cycle of hormones that are impacted from fasting because it can cause stress on the body. So that's what I would say. And also the research that's been done on fasting has either been done on men who don't have this like 28 day cycle of hormones, or it's been done on postmenopausal women because they don't either. So I really suggest looking into fasting that's applicable for where you are in your life. So If you're like me and you are in your fertile years, as in you are a female and you are not in menopause or pre-menopause yet, I would suggest bringing in fasting in a shorter way, less often. So what I'm doing right now, and this is very new, is I'm bringing in fasting about once a week for 24 hours or 22 hours, something like that. So Every other day I wake up, I have calories, whether that's bulletproof coffee, whether that's breakfast, whatever it is, don't fast. There's naturally a fasting occurrence that happens there because you're asleep. So maybe it's 12 hours, maybe it's 11 hours, but nothing more than that. And then once a week, I'm trying to do a 22, 24 hour fast where I'll have dinner. So like last night I had dinner, I stopped eating at 8.15 And then today I'm going to start eating again around probably 6.15 and do 22 hours today. And that so far has been really effective. I I haven't really seen any negative effects yet, but it's also very new that I've done this. Like I've only done it a few times, but I would really, really be interested to see if I can get the benefits of maintaining a healthy weight, maintaining a healthy metabolism, clear thinking, but also not impact my menstrual cycle or sleep too much. So that's kind of what I'm doing. And I know that generally the female fasting protocols do look like this. So it'll be 
do a 24-hour fast once a week or once every other week, or do a three-day, four-day water fast once every quarter. So it's just about kind of like extending that fasting window, but not doing it as much. So it's not overstressing the body. And I, I really do respect that. And I think that's a great way to bring it in. We'll also give a shout out to the app. I just got this app and I know a lot of you love your fasting apps. So I just got this app called Fastic. Is that how you say it? Fastic, F-A-S-T-I-C. And this is really helpful. So you basically click when you start timing or when you start fasting. And there's all these different fasts that you can choose from, whether 12-12, 22-2, 16-8, whatever. And then you click end fasting. So it's a timer, but it also shows you like the different stages of fasting. So I'll just give you an example. So for the three hour mark, your blood sugar level rises. And it gives a little like blurb of what that means. Right before the nine hour mark, your between three hours and nine hours, your blood sugar level drops. After nine hours, your blood sugar levels settle down and they kind of become um, less all over the place. After 11 hours, you start to burn fat. So yeah, let me read you what this says. So the unending energy needs of your body are taking their toll. Even the energy reserves from the previous stored glycogen are soon exhausted. Now it is time to fall back on a larger resource, your fat reserves. The average calorie supply of an adult person in the form of fat reserves amounts to about 80,000 calories. In order to tap into these reserves, your body starts producing fat-burning hormones. An impressive six hormones listed below are involved in this vital mechanism, etc., etc. So that's after 11 hours past your meal. And then the next one is, this begins ketosis, begins between 14 to 16 hours. And then after 16 hours is autophagy. And so this is kind of the magic, right? So I'll just read this a little bit. So a process kickstarted by a longer fast and fat burning autophagy comes into play after around 16 hours of fasting. Old cell components and so-called misfolded proteins are recycled during this phase. Not only are they recycled, but they are completely renewed. Your body undergoes a big clear out and proper cleanup. This not only makes your cells more efficient, it also prolongs the life of your cells and with that your own. And then it says pro tip. Remember that, remember there really can be too much of a good thing. For optimal results, we recommend fasting for about 16 hours with occasional longer challenges. The most important is that fasting works for you. So be sure to always listen to your body. So that's the app, Fastic. I love it. I don't have the paid version. I might upgrade. We'll see how we'll see how things go. But yeah, you set your goals. So whether it's like energy, sleep, focus, weight loss, whatever it is, and it gives you all these tips for the goals. And yeah, it's been really helpful to kind of have that reference. And I I do it every night. So I, I just log when I stop eating and I log when I start so I can get a better understanding of like, other than trying to do a 22, 24 hour fast once a week, how long am I actually fasting for? Is it nine hours? Is it 12 hours? Where do I sit? And how do I feel as well during that time, which is super important. So that's my recommendation for fasting for women. Use the support, use the apps that you can get. I know there's other ones out there, but I love this one. It's super fun. It's got little graphics too. 
And yeah, so those are my questions. I mean, there's so many other questions, but I feel like I touched upon a lot of different topics. And if you have questions, shoot me a DM. I literally answer every single message and it's not anybody else. It's me who answers them. And so sometimes I send a voice note if it's easier and I'm short on time, but yeah, message me your questions and all of the links to all of these products will be in the show notes as well as like any discount codes. If they apply, obviously this isn't sponsored by anybody, particularly these, like these brands that I've shouted out. So definitely look into them if you're curious. And thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review. They actually help the show a lot on iTunes or what's called Apple podcasts now, Spotify, and share it with a friend. I I just got a few DMS recently that were like, I heard your podcast and I shared it with my cousin. And I love that because that really helps the show get noticed and grow. And I think that's the point, right? It's not just from a business standpoint, but from a let's get the word out that there's different ways to do things standpoint. And whether that's psilocybin or raw milk or whatever it is, I think the point is like sharing a narrative that is not what we are programmed to hear from our government or from online. That's just so like has an agenda. So that's the point. And I really appreciate when you share this on social media, when you share it with your friends and family and when you leave a review. So thank you so much and stay tuned next for another episode coming to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.